Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 13th of December. At least six people are dead, including two police officers, after a mass shooting in Queensland overnight. It's believed the officers were ambushed by a number of armed offenders when they arrived at a property about 300 kilometres west of Brisbane late yesterday afternoon. Our reporter, Daniel McRae, has the latest from our Toowoomba newsroom. Thanks, Tash. Yes, six people have now been confirmed dead following this incident in Wyambilla on the Western Downs. According to the latest information from police, two officers were shot dead as they approached a property on Wayne's Road, responding to a report about a missing person from New South Wales. A member of the public was also shot and declared deceased at the scene. Two other officers managed to escape, one suffering a bullet graze. Both of them are being treated in hospital. A tense standoff followed with specialist police and Polair called in for backup and an exclusion zone was set up. Then shortly after 10.30 last night, the alleged offenders, two men and a woman, were shot dead by police. Speaking to the media last night, QPS Commissioner Katerina Carroll said it's the largest loss of life the organisation has suffered in a single incident in recent times. Those officers paid the ultimate sacrifice to keep our community safe. I would like to also pay tribute to all police and first responders who assisted at the scene and are continuing to respond this evening. Commissioner Carroll will provide an update this morning in Chinchilla, which is about 40 k's from the scene. An exclusion zone is still active around the property in Wyambilla, with the public still being asked to avoid the area. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has sent his condolences to those affected by the tragic shooting, calling it a heartbreaking day, adding Australia mourns with you. All flags at police stations across Queensland will today be flown at half-mast. In other news this morning, there's been a major backflip from the federal government over COVID testing. Federal Health Minister Mark Butler yesterday released a new COVID health management plan saying from next year, Australians would need a referral to get a PCR test. The health department was later forced to clarify, saying PCR tests would remain largely unchanged next year and free for everyone who needs them. Mr Butler saying under the new plan, COVID will now be treated like other respiratory illnesses. We're confident to protect vulnerable Australians, to protect the integrity of our health and hospital system. It comes as COVID cases and related deaths in aged care continue to skyrocket across the country. One of the nation's leading infectious diseases experts, Professor Brendan Crabb from the Burnett Institute, says we are losing the war against COVID and the government needs to urgently overhaul its COVID strategies. Professor Crabb says the current crisis is the worst public health disaster since World War II. And here we are accepting this public health disaster 25,000 people dying. I mean, can you believe that? More than would otherwise have died. These are not people with COVID. It's extraordinary. Of course, it's the worst disaster um, in living memory. And, uh, and it is one we could have done something about. The Greens Party will meet today to discuss whether they'll support the federal government's controversial energy plan. Parliament will reconvene this week to try and pass the measures which will cap coal and gas prices in an attempt to lower our power bills. Greens leader Adam Bant says they aren't sure, though, the plan will work in the long term. In 12 months' time, um, gas is still going to be expensive 
and there's a real risk that the government just defers the pain. While energy industry groups are reportedly also convening today to decide whether to reject the measures after calling for compensation last week to cover the loss of revenue if the cap is approved. Experts say the number of businesses that will collapse are set to double next year with growing pressures from interest rates and ongoing supply issues. It comes as a New South Wales-based construction company is the latest to go into administration. Elderton Home citing natural disasters and rising material costs as the key reasons. While Perth-based company Clough also collapsed last week, threatening a number of major infrastructure projects, including the latest Snowy Hydro scheme. More extreme weather is on the way across the country today with a heatwave in the north and wintry conditions sweeping across the south. Many parts of Queensland and New South Wales were yesterday hit with sweltering temperatures and widespread thunderstorms while snow fell in Victoria's alpine areas with widespread rain across Tasmania. Meteorologist Gabrielle Woodhouse says Sydney was smashed by a wild storm yesterday causing widespread damage. Quite a few places uh, picked up in excess of 15 millimetres. Some of the highest were at Sydney Observatory Hill with 23 millimetres and up over the northern beaches at Monavau with 22 millimetres. And Adelaide Zoo is reviewing its safety protocols after a schoolboy managed to get inside a giant panda enclosure. The teenager was reportedly attempting to retrieve his mobile phone after dropping it in the exhibit. A zoo spokesperson says there was a giant panda nearby, but it wasn't too phased by the boy's impromptu visit. Now for latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by editor-at-large at CanStar, Effie Zahos. Effie, good morning. CoreLogic has released its best of the best report, giving us an interesting snapshot of the real estate market across the country for 2022 with the best and the worst performing suburbs. Yeah, it certainly is, Tash, and basically two key messages. First up, not all housing markets were impacted the same. The most expensive markets took the biggest hit. The more affordable ones, well, they were a little bit more resilient to the increases in interest rates. The other message is that the pace of decline has been slowing since September. Now, this could be seen as positive news by some, but there is still risk of a decline re-accelerating. It really does come down to how many more rate hikes we can expect next year. Um, Interesting to note that on the year to November, national housing values fell 3.2%, and that was mainly driven by capital cities by 5.2% decline. And Tash, if you want to know what suburb was the most expensive Expensive suburb, it was a Vaucluse in New South Wales. You need about $8 million to pick up a house there. The more affordable suburb was at Kambalda East in WA, around about 119000 there will get you a house. The strongest 12-month growth in values was Bingara in New South Wales, jumping a massive 36.2%. And the largest 12-month decline in values, well, that was in Narrabeen, New South Wales, seeing drops of 26.8%. Yeah, really interesting stats there, Effie. And talking about statistics, a new report is out today showing Aussies are actually not saving as much this year compared to the last couple of years with COVID. 
Yeah, Tash, this doesn't surprise me. I mean, we've had eight rate hikes and, of course, the rising cost of living pressure. That, that's no doubt derailed most saving plans. What this says is that we are now needing our savings to actually move forward. Now, there's some good news and bad news here in this report. Uh, it's from CanStar's annual Consumer Pulse report. So the good news is, yes, we are saving more, Tash. Uh, about three quarters of Aussies are still saving each month. But the bad news is it's definitely not as much as last year. Just over one third are able to save more than 10% of their after-tax income. Now, for the savers that respond to this survey, that means it's about $393 per month. That's a considerable drop from last year where they were saving $671 per month. It was also interesting to note, Tasha, is um, how old do you think is too old to have your kids at home? Six or seven. <laughs> oh, I, hope, I hope your young one is not listening. I'm only kidding. That would be very they sad. Can never, they never should move out. It's interesting, though, this research. Well, according to this research, they should be moving out. The, the findings from the, uh, the report shows that um, now 26 is too old. Yes. And this is interesting. So they've been doing this report for, for, for many years. In 2019... 30 years of age was too old to be living at home. And then it moved up to 33. And then in 2021, it was 34 years of age. Up to 34, that's okay. After 34, parents want you out. But now in 2022, it's dropped considerably down to 26 years of age. And I suspect that's got a lot to do with the cost of living. Eating us out of house and home. You have a beautiful day. Thank you, Effie. Thank you. Time for Sport Now with Josh Conway. Josh, good morning. Fans, players and pundits certainly are not happy with a very controversial move from the A-League. Yeah, that's right. And good morning to you, Tash. The decision by the A-League to give Sydney the next three men's and women's grand finals has really riled up soccer fans across the country. And it isn't great timing off the back of the Feel Good Socceroos World Cup campaign over in Qatar. Essentially, for the competition's 18-year history, the grand final has always been hosted by the highest finishing team, but that is now out the window after a $10 million deal with the New South Wales government. Melbourne Victory came out and condemned the move, while Perth Glory Chief Tony Sage even took to social media to label the decision a joke. Socceroos star and Adelaide captain Craig Goodwin was also among the players to call out the decision on social media as well. But A-League boss Danny Townsend insists it is the way forward. You know, you don't make bold decisions as a CEO of a league without expecting backlash. I think you've got to have the conviction to do these things. Our game particularly, it doesn't have the luxury of complacency. We've got to go out and challenge, and, and I think we'll make this one work. It will be interesting to see if the A-League does hold their nerve there, Tash. Yeah, absolutely, Josh. And to the cricket now, and the Big Bash is back tonight in the National Capital. Yeah, the BBL is back and it all starts with the Sydney Thunder taking on the Melbourne Stars in Canberra. On the Stars, they'll use their first game back at the MCG on Friday night to honour the late, great Shane Warne. All players will wear the number 23 on their back and play will stop after 23 balls for a standing ovation. Stars opener Marcus Stoinis says it will be a fitting tribute. We've got some great stuff in the pipelines for a tribute to Warney, who's obviously such an important part to Australian cricket, but the Melbourne Stars, it's a great time to be starting the Big Bash and we're looking forward to it. To tennis, and Ash Barty has claimed her fifth John Newcomb medal. 
Despite playing just two tournaments before her shock retirement earlier this year after her Australian Open title, the 26-year-old has told Nine, though, she holds no regrets around the decision. I'm living the dream. Uh, I was so fortunate to, to live out my tennis dream for over 20 years, and, and now I'm living my, my life dream, I suppose. So it's, it's certainly been uh, a great few months. And just rounding off with some NBL Tash, Perth hit two three-point shots in the final eight seconds to produce a miracle one-point victory over Melbourne United last night to claim a stunning 90-89 to win. And that is what is making news across the sporting world. Josh, thanks so much. And the latest trailer for the second part of the Harry and Meghan tell-all documentary has dropped overnight, with the couple making bombshell new allegations against the royal family and the so-called firm. To see this institutional gaslighting. I wasn't being thrown to the wolves, I was being fed to the wolves. They were actively recruiting people to disseminate disinformation. They were happy to lie to protect my brother. They were never willing to tell the truth to protect us. The last three episodes will be available on Netflix from Thursday night. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.